summer, we have been in the book of Psalms, exploring the different images, the different metaphors that are used to, um, to describe who God is and how we interact with him. We started back in June with the, you know, the high and lifted up, transcendent, holy, almighty God who looks down on us from heaven. And then every Sunday after that, we kind of went, came a little closer, a little more intimate, talking about the king and the guide and the shepherd and the friend. And today we're going to get to the most intimate, the closest relationship, the biggest picture that we have. And that is God as our loving father who supports and carries us through all the difficulties of this life. Listen for a moment about how this metaphor, this image is expressed in the Psalms. Don't worry about trying to write them all down, okay? Just sit and just enjoy the picture that comes and see what images come to mind. I'll be sharing some of the images that come to my mind along these ways. So, Psalm 18, verse 16, the Lord reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. I can't help but think of a boy falling off a boat and dad reaching down, grabbing him and pulling him back out and the kids, <laughs> you know, he's, like, he's safe, you're okay, you're okay. Psalm 18, 18, they attacked me at the moment when I was in distress. At my weakest spot, I was attacked, and yet the Lord supported me. You've given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. Psalm 37, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. I mean, just think about a little child, you know, a couple, you know, six years old or so, coming up with a piece of artwork. Oh, that's beautiful, honey. I love it. Let's put it on the fridge. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. You think about that image that we've had for the whole summer where, you know, the, the, the father's hand is reaching down and the child's hand is reaching up. You know, if you're holding on to that parent's hand, the child's not going to fall even though they stumble. Psalm 54, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. I know, not everybody had this kind of experience, but when I was a child, food was just there and I was sustained but I didn't know how. It was, it was my father who was doing that for me. Psalm 68, praise the Lord, praise God our Savior, for each day he carries us in his arms. It's a beautiful picture. Just think about the support and the love that goes on there. Psalm 139, if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell at the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I can go anywhere in this world, uh, King David is saying here in this psalm, I can go anywhere and I'm still going to find God present supporting me and loving me through it. Psalm 145, the Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. Think about that video we saw at the start of the service, you know, as, as, as the Lord lifts those who are bent beneath the loads that they carry. You see, if you have memories of a time when a parent, a mother, or a father stepped in to support you, or carry you, or help you, then you have a unique personal experience with the way the Lord acts as a strong father for you. I can remember a time when I was probably about four or five years old. We were standing on a crowded sidewalk watching a parade, or at least I was trying to watch a parade through the legs of everybody in front of me. <laughs> and then I felt this gentle but firm grip around my chest, under my arms, and I was whisked up very effortlessly onto my father's shoulders. And all of a sudden, I was in the sunshine. <laughs> and I had the best seat in the crowd. And I wonder, how many times... Has the Lord lifted me out of the shadows 
to give me a new perspective, a new freedom, a new experience. After I graduated from college, I remember my dad pulling me aside and he, he encouraged me. He said, Rob, do whatever you want to do. Don't worry about failing because if you fall, you won't fall far. I'll be your safety net for you. And I wonder, how many times has the Lord given me courage to do things that I typically wouldn't do? How many times has he caught me before I fell or caught me even after I fell but before I hit the jagged rocks at the bottom? You see, simply knowing that there is a strong arm to hold and a resource to draw from can make all the difference in the world in our lives, right? Now, just to be sure, my dad was not perfect. <laughs> no earthly father is perfect. And I know that there are people right now, in the sound of my voice, who are feeling like this metaphor, this image of God as a loving father, is something that they just can't really connect with. And I have a hunch that there are some here, maybe in this room right now, or maybe online, who are feeling like it's time to slip out the back door or turn off the screen because this sermon is just not for them. You see, I've been through enough of life now to get it. I understand. Some childhood experiences are so traumatic that it leaves the adult child wounded to a point where they are not able to access God in this very important way. So if this is you, I want you to know you're not alone. Yes, the path you are on is a difficult one, but there is hope and there is healing and there is a new day that can come where you can experience the love of your Heavenly Father. It was probably last June when Jerry Keene approached me and he said, you know, Rob, I, I think I'm ready to share part of my story publicly. And we talked a little bit and I said, you know, Jerry, that might be a good fit for August 13th when we talk about God as Father. He said, well, okay, but I'm scheduled for a complete knee replacement the Thursday before that Sunday. <laughs> he said, I think I could probably get there and be able to give it in person. <laughs> And I said, so Jerry, on the outside chance that you're not recovered enough, let's go ahead and do this by video. <laughs> so, uh, what I'd like you to do is remember that some, some might feel this is kind of intense, but this is our brother Jerry sharing through his personality from his heart. So with that in mind, let's listen to Jerry's story for a minute. Thinking of God as my father has always been a real struggle for me. I was born into a very dysfunctional home. There was always a lot of yelling and arguing and all the horrors of the abuse at the hands of my father. My relationship with my earthly father was dismal and it left me with a lot of childhood memories of pain and agony and violence. My father and mother never told me they loved me. When I was about 10 years old, they got divorced, and what that meant was that now the abuse would stop, but I was still left with all of the destruction of all the events that had taken place. And, but during the summer of 73 and 74, I got to stay with my grandmother, which if you're at grandma's house, it's her house, her rules. But her biggest rule was I had to go to church. And I didn't have a problem with that, but most of my church experiences to that point were not good ones. But here it was different. I, I met a man who 
was the kindest, most loving man I'd ever known in my life. Um, Homer was the youth pastor at the church, and he kept um, talking about Jesus and how I had to meet Jesus and how I had to invite him into my life and to be a part of my life and to live with me. And None of this really made a whole lot of sense to me, but what did resonate with me was Homer's love. His love was nothing like I'd ever experienced before. It was genuine, it was sacrificial, and it required nothing for me. Homer was everything I had ever imagined that a father should be. And it was because of him that on August the 11th, 1974, I knelt at an altar in a little church in Bloomington, Illinois, and asked Christ to be my Savior. Now, because Jesus was now in my life, it was far better than it had ever been, but I still spent the next three decades of my life carrying all this anger and bitterness around. And I knew in my head that God loved me, but I still struggled with knowing Him as a loving Father. And I desperately wanted not to pass on my anger and my bitterness to my own children. But I didn't know how. And I prayed for years that God would bring a man into my life that I could be totally honest and open about all my anger and my struggles. But after so many years, I just came to the conclusion that that man didn't exist. But then about nine years ago, I was introduced into a ministry where I have met scores of men who, like me, they struggle with their past. They've, they have the same concerns, the same failures, the same problems. They try to be good husbands. They try to be good fathers. And they try to experience what it means to be the man that God has called them to be. These men are open and honest and authentic. God has answered my decades-long prayer. And He has brought me to great healing through these relationships with these men. I know I'm still a work in progress, but I am growing and I'm learning and I'm discovering every day how to be a better father, how to be a better husband, and how to love myself as a father. And but most importantly, what it means to be loved by the father. Every earthly father falls short of being able to clearly reflect the Heavenly Father's love for their children. And some fail so miserably that they leave wounded children in their wake. At some level, every one of us needs some kind of healing, and some of that healing needs to be so deep that it can take decades to be able to receive, but it can come. Scripture teaches that God is not a disappointed father who makes impossible demands and then gets angry at us for not meeting his expectations. The truth of who God is comes to us from Scripture and not from our experience in a fallen and broken world. And so one of the struggles that we have is that we need to, we need to align our understanding of God under the picture that Scripture reveals and not the picture that we may have created over the course of our lives. Because when we begin to actually see who God truly is, that's when we're drawn to run to Him and not from Him. So no matter where you are in your intimacy with the Heavenly Father, I, I pray that this Sunday, today, would be a day where you could take another step, even a small step, toward embracing what is true 
about God's love and care for you. You know, I was talking with Brentley uh, about this earlier this week and saying, that's tough. How do you, how do you talk about this uh, where there's so many different emotions and feelings about it? And he said, well, what if we flipped it a little bit? What if we looked at it from the, per- the, the parent's perspective instead of the child's perspective? That's a great idea. So let's do that today. You know, if you have children or if you would like to have children one day or if you can imagine yourself having children, I mean, think a little bit about what you would want, you would long to for your children to experience and for your children to know and to be. What kind of life would you like for your children to know, both as children and as adults? What kind of personal character would you like them to have and to carry, possess? How would you like them to respond to both strangers and friends? What would you like their personal fortitude to be like and how they respond to both success and failure? I mean, the list can go on and on. But what if you could take this list of all the hopes you have for your kids and then pursue that list of hopes and dreams without the impatience or angry outbursts or those moments when you said the wrong thing? What if you knew your children so well that you knew exactly what was going on in their emotions and in their thoughts every moment of every day so that you knew exactly what each child needed at that particular time and you could provide it. If you had that level of insight, you would be like your heavenly Father. Psalm 139, You've searched me, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways, even before a word is on my tongue. You know it completely, O Lord. You know, uh, if your father's a tyrant, (laughs) the thought of him having this kind of information on you is terrifying. But if your father is gentle and humble of heart, if he is pure love, if he is one that wants to see your best and your good all the time, then this kind of knowledge that he would have on you is something that brings great hope and great comfort. A father with this kind of knowledge knows your limitations, and so he's only going to expect you to be able to do what you can do, and he knows what your limitations are. Now, he's going to stretch you, but he's not going to push you into something you can't do. In other words, you're free. You're free to be you. Let's take it one step deeper. Since the Father knows your limits, He celebrates what you can do. So He loves, accepts, and celebrates the child that takes the gospel to different countries around the world, that builds wonderful God-honoring businesses and gives millions of dollars away and does all kinds of great and wonderful things. But He also loves, accepts, and celebrates the child who finally learns to put his socks on or to eat with a fork at the same level. Do you see the freedom that that brings? Can you feel the wonder of God as your Father caring for and carrying you through all of life's moments with a specialness that's designed just for who you are? Knowing you have this kind of support frees you to try and succeed or fail without worry about the consequences. It frees you to be able to, to not worry about what other people think of you and not even worry about what you think of yourself. It frees you to not have to prove yourself to anybody anymore or to worry about trying to promote yourself in some way. The impact of this kind of freedom that comes from God's love and the knowledge of God's love 
frees us to take our attention off of ourself <laughs> and give our full attention to other people. In other words, it frees us to love well. No matter what you may have experienced in this broken world, I can tell you that we can be free to experience our Heavenly Father's love. I think back to that amazing promise we covered in James back, I think it was May, James 4, 7, and 8. Remember this one? Humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. You see, when we recognize God's love, it leads us to a humility in ourselves, because we know it's not about us. <laughs> it's not about what we can accomplish and what we can achieve. And that humility then lets us rest in the confidence that God is involved. He's good. He can be trusted to work in my life, and I can release that because it's not about what I can do. This is the confidence in God's love and love and, and, and care in our lives that allows us to put out our hand and say no to the tempter and to put out our arms and say yes to God. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. That's an amazing promise, isn't it? I mean, think about that. And we see it in other parts of Scripture, Malachi, Zechariah. We see it in Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. Remember this, the lost son? The moment he came to his senses and began taking steps to return to his father, he found that his father was waiting for him, watching for him. And the moment the father saw him, he runs out to embrace his son. Take steps toward God, and he will take steps toward you. So take a step. I want to close uh, this morning by offering three options of a step that you might want to take someday, even this week. Oftentimes, the first step, the place to begin, is with identifying your picture of God. I've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating. You know, take time. It, it takes a little work, but it's really worth the effort. What is the picture of God that you carry? You know, just, just begin to list it on a, on a piece of paper or some kind of digital platform or something, you know. Just answer some questions like, when I think about God, what images come to mind? Just write them down. When God thinks of you, what comes to his mind? What expression is on his face? That's interesting. What kind of emotion does God feel after you blow it in some big way? Yeah? Let me say that same question in a slightly different way. When your fever is high and your sin sickness is most pronounced, does the Father yell at you? Or does he come to you with Tylenol and a cold compress, stroking your back and singing you songs, trying to comfort you? Interesting stuff. So take the time to answer some questions and figure out what your list of how, how, how you would describe God and who God is to you. And then go to the Scriptures and dig down deep into the Scriptures and find out what it says about God as far as his feelings toward you. Okay? There's a lot in there about who God is, but how does he feel toward you? And you might need some help. Try uh, Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. I mean, find some way to help you get deeper into the scriptures for what this is. And then as you make your two lists, then compare them and see. You know, where are you different from what the scripture says? Where are you the same? And how can you more fully align yourself with what the Bible says? That's the first option. Second option. I encourage you to engage this week's prayer practice that we want to encourage. And this week is just simply to be intimate with your Father like a child in, a trusted, in his trusted arms. 
So take time, even just 60 seconds if that's all you got for it, okay? But give it a shot. Go and sit before God. Ah, maybe you sit in a chair with another chair beside you that's vacant. Maybe you sit on the floor cross-legged, but you come to God in a way that says, here's what's going on inside of me right now. He already knows, but express it to him and see how he responds to you. Not just in that moment, but throughout the day, looking for those places where he will be supporting you. The final option might be to register online for the fall semester of Thrive. It'll begin on September 17th and run 10 consecutive Sundays. And one of the key things we do is talk about the ways that we relate to God, the principles of beginning to relate to God, because that impacts how we relate to one another, relate to ourselves, and relate to the world at large. So I hope every one of us will uh, attempt the um, prayer practice today, which is a prayer of intimacy before the Heavenly Father who loves you more than you can know. To sit before Him, to share your heart, and then to rest in his love. Would you please pray with me? Lord, in our heads, we know you to be an awesome, unconditionally loving and forgiving father, one who's perfect in all your ways, flawless in wisdom, one who completes and heals us in every way, Lord. This is who you are, our loving, ever-present father, someone in whom we can put our complete trust Lord, we know this in our heads, but we each struggle in some way to feel it in our hearts, to live it in each and every day. So please provide what we need, if it's healing or reinforcement or whatever it is, please, please, please provide what we need so that we can live in the freedom that you offer. Thank you for your faithfulness to your promises and your faithfulness to us, a faithfulness that comes through Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.